Welcome to episode 13 of Design Much, How to Influence Stakeholders, featuring Andy Vitale. Stakeholders will depend by company, but there's always going to be business stakeholders. There's going to be uh, technology stakeholders, whether they be developers or just like your, your CTO. There's going to be people in marketing. There could be scientists. It could be the lab. It's it's this cross-functional group of, of people that, that own a piece or are responsible for some piece of the product that you're working on. And they all have very different robust agendas. It's they're they're all wanting the product to succeed, but they're all responsible for separate pieces. So there's kind of like this this understanding that you have to have with these people on on their role and, and your role and try to appreciate the fact that they know a lot of things that you may not and hopefully they respect that you have an expertise in your area too. Yeah, absolutely. And so so why is it important? So that's definitely a good point. We have like their expertise and they bring a lot to the table in terms of their knowledge, which is a lot more broader knowledge that we may be able to possess as designers. Um, so why is it on our side important to actually influence stakeholders then? So a lot of times design and companies that don't have the, the proper level of design maturity, they don't have that true seat at the table. That's starting to, to kind of change over time and design is, is having that seat at the table. But these stakeholders are kind of the decision makers for the product. So a lot of times the only way to really shine as a designer is to, to gain their trust. And the only way to do that is to influence the project. And you can't just come in and try to battle them out if you have a disagreement. You have to really earn their trust, get on their side, show them that you add value. And then that kind of brings that influence. And, and one of the tricks I would say for bringing influence to stakeholders is just spend time and talk to them, understand them, understand their goals, understand what they're afraid of, understand what their vision is, and help them visualize that. We can use design as a storytelling tool to help tell other people's stories, but also inject our design expertise into that story and then we start to influence the outcome and it becomes a shared vision not just the vision of someone else design ends up getting that that influence to to shape that product yeah so we can start with that design of course and that's that's a great tool that we have to be able to visualize a concept and show it to them um and and why is it actually important for us to have to to show them that like why why do they need that from us i i think it's important to show more than tell a lot of times because people, they don't really understand design speak and, and they're not supposed to. So if we go in and talk about things that they may not understand and we're not clear on, on our understanding of the problem of what the user has or the problem of the product itself <clears throat> or you know what the expected outcomes are, then we really don't have that um, ability to, to get their buy-in to prove to them that we understand the same things that they do. So it's it's really important to take the time to, to understand all of the, the different needs and different nuances of our stakeholders and figure out ways to 
to show that we're actually making progress. It's a lot easier to put something in front of someone that you've created, that you've started to visualize, even if it's rough, raw, and early concept stages, because it lets them point out that, like, hey, that didn't make sense. Like, what you're telling me, we're not really on the same page, but when you show it to me, I understand it. I can visually identify what you're talking about, and that automatically puts us, even if it's not on the same page, they at least understand the way we're thinking, and they can help interpret the way they think based on what they're looking at. If it's just people exchanging words, it doesn't have that same like emotional connection or, or that value to, to be able to understand things and, and align people so easily. And that's why, you know, I'm a big proponent, I'm a big fan, whatever you want to call it, of, of really like show, don't tell. Like give me enough information that I need and I will put something together with you and I will show it to you and you will give me better feedback based on what I put in front of you than the conversation we're going to have about it. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, show don't tell. So you that makes the design that you create have to be like a lot more robust in terms of like it has to make a lot of sense as a design. Right. Um, so we're not we're not taking the time to explain what we've designed here. We're actually just like, you know, here's the design. Like, what do you think of it? How does this work for you? And the how does it meet the business needs? Right. Right. Exactly. And And the more raw that it is, the more like rough draft that you show them. The more you're kind of like co-creating and and showing that you understand the problem more so than the end result. So it's, you know, designers like to go off in solutions sometimes. And, and designers also talk a lot about empathy for our users. But we also have to have empathy for our stakeholders and understand that they're not design experts and that they want to feel confident in our ability to help them solve their problem. And it's really not their problem. It's it's our problem as a whole, as an organization, as a team. And we really need to show them that we're capable of doing that to, to build that confidence so that the next time around, they come to us right away and say, hey, let's work on this. You know, these are what we see as potential problems. This is what we've come up together as our roadmap. Like, let's sit down and, and figure out how to get there. Nice. I like that a lot. You said we have to have empathy for our users as well as our stakeholders. Um, and sometimes those can be at odds, can't they? Like when you can, as a designer, you can spend more time just worrying about the user and not worry too much about the business needs. Or you could be on the other side of the aspect where you're just, you're just building what your stakeholders say to what to build, but you're not actually getting in touch with the, the needs of the user, right? right? So as a designer, how do you walk that line and how do you manage those two different needs that are that can at times be tugging at each other so designers today have have evolved and it's more about not only understanding the user needs and designers are great at identifying unarticulated needs from users as opposed to the articulated needs our stakeholders get a really good download of all of the pain points of our users but they really don't know how to apply that. It's let's add a button, let's add a feature, not let's take a step back and look at the whole experience. On the flip side, designers, UX designers in general, can't only be the advocate for the users. The business is kind of tired of, hey, they're, they're only concerned about the users. They don't wanna take the time to understand our business and the problems of our business. They just want us to focus on user outcomes. And I think that Today's UX designer has changed and it's really that marriage of identifying like business goals and how they match with user needs and helping tell that story of how solving problems for the user will create these business opportunities. So we have to be 
respectful to the business because the business provides us with this opportunity to solve problems that we enjoy so much. And without them providing this platform for us, we wouldn't have that opportunity. So because of that, we have to be respectful of, of the needs of the business, of the different outcomes of what the stakeholders expect. Because there's a technology person that's worried about how the software will handle what we're trying to build or how the code can contain what we really want to build. There's a marketing manager that's worried about the brand and there's someone else that's, you know, everybody's worried about profit. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really providing value to customers, which ends up making the business money. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we're, we're, we're having to manage that fine line pretty, pretty well by trying to meet a lot of different people's needs, which is, that's a, that's a lot on the, the designer's shoulders, but I think it's, it's absolutely necessary. Like we do need to be able to, you know, make money for the business while also making a really good solution for the user. Right. So right. we have to figure out how to do all of that at once as a designer. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely, you know, design has, has evolved. It's not, let's, make a newspaper ad or you know let's make an app i mean obviously we are making a lot of apps but now it's more about like how do we deeply understand the problem space and figure out how to improve the lives of our users and and designers are trying to tackle more and more complex problems that are tied to security to politics to really like solving tremendous needs in the world like hunger and it's, it's really changed a lot and the stakes are higher than ever before. Yeah, awesome. Um, and do you feel like we could maybe help to close? Because as you know, said before, like we have that, those two different sides and we have to solve for those two different types of, of problems, the business needs as well as the user needs. As, as designers, can we try to help bridge that gap? Can we be the advocate for the user and be able to communicate the needs of the user more to the, the stakeholders? Is that is that kind of part of this this influencing? Is that why we're needing to do it? I think so. I think we have to really be that bridge because designers are the ones that are spending time with the users to really understand their behaviors. And the business still maybe doesn't understand that so much. I mean, if you let them sit through like observations or research, they always kind of like understand a point, but they're super busy too. So a lot of times they're not fully paying attention. They're in their laptop, they're on their phone, they're replying to something. There's a fire somewhere else that they have to put out. So they're relying on the designers to really get those insights and bring that back to them to help translate that into business needs and requirements and and build out that roadmap. Because, I mean, really, you know, I feel like if we talk about user research, that's part of a design team, I mean, or a partner to a design team. And the business side of things is still going to be worried about profits. So you're going to have to translate how what you've learned and what you're building equates to their bottom line. And they might not be as uh, focused on customer outcomes as we are because of that. But if we can kind of help them tie those two together and understand that better, then we're that that's really what makes design valuable in an organization definitely that makes a lot of sense so with that in mind um can we involve stakeholders in our design process like how and how do we go about doing that 
So I think most successful designs are, are part of this co-creation process. So everywhere I've worked, uh, what we try to do is, is do stakeholder interviews, understand the business side of the problem that we're trying to solve and what they think the users want out of the product and where they see benefits and, and understand their pain points too from the business side or what they perceive to be the pain points. We'll go through and do a, a journey mapping exercise and, and persona exercises with our business team before we go out and observe our, our customers. And then what we'll do is we'll do the same you know, customer interviews, we'll do a journey map exercise, we'll do some empathy mapping, and we'll take that back to the business and we'll show them the difference between where they perceive the user to be and where the users actually were. And based on that, we can identify these gaps in knowledge. And the key to, to having a successful product is once you identify those gaps, that's what you have to attack. You've got to go after and provide those solutions in the areas that people didn't realize that were needed. So there definitely is a slight disconnect. I mean, some businesses, they think that they're the user and a lot of them might use the products. They might have this understanding of the product in a way, but they're not really the new customer or you know a certain type of end user. So it's really about showing them what they don't know because people don't know what they don't know. If you can help them understand that, then they know what they need to work on. That's great. So um, how would you recommend? So I, I definitely think that's really great how we're, we're getting them involved in the design process. And it sounds like it's very early in the design process. It's probably one of the first steps. Um, so if, if you, let's say you had a designer approach you and said, I want to get my stakeholders more involved um, and they're not involved at all, you know, what would be the steps they would take in order to um, increase that involvement and get them actually involved in that that design process where they aren't currently working in. So, I mean, that's that's a challenge in certain places. I, I've seen, you know, designers are all about how do we get everybody together and, and do a workshop, and then you're in the workshop for a few minutes and you realize nobody wants to write something on a post-it and walk over and stick it on a wall. So the designer starts collecting all of the post-its that everybody are writing and just starting to paste things up. And that starts to, to kind of lose the effect because the designer is not really facilitating the conversation. They're literally just like, come on, write something down. I'm going to walk it over to the wall. And we don't want to do that. So it maybe we're, we're working to, we're spending, like you can't, do a four-hour workshop for people that are distracted in 45 minutes. You've got to break that down into smaller chunks. But the, the key is this co-creation aspect. And whether that be you invite a couple of different stakeholders and do different sessions with different groups of stakeholders so that there's not side conversations and people getting distracted. And maybe you get to bring some users in at the same time because they won't behave that way with customers around. So the key is how do we get a core group of people so that everyone has to be paying attention and, and focused on the problem. And then designers just have to learn as they go how to facilitate these, these co-creation sessions so that they're not losing their audience and that they're keeping people on track and start with an agenda and let people know like, I need you to really focus on this. Like you are the expert, you have to give us this guidance and it, you know plainly explain we're going to continue to do this, whether it be through a design sprint, and we're going to have you do some sketches, or we're going to involve you in some critiques, but we're also going to involve users throughout the process. So maybe like 
we're going to sit down. We're going to have this, this workshop. We're going to understand what we want to go after. We're going to align as a group of what we're going to build. And we're going to go out and we're going to build it and test it and get user feedback the same week. And then we're going to show it to you. We're going to explain the feedback. We're going to sit down. We're going to iterate together so that you're as involved as, as the designers are. And then we're going to do this whole process again. And I think that by time boxing things and by being clear on agendas, it really helps align the people that need to be in the room and, and has them focus on the problem that we're trying to solve. It's all about understanding how people work. There's this cognitive science behind design too that you really have to, it, it's, it's a mix, it's empathy. It's really like understanding people, understanding what motivates them and, and being able to, to play to those emotions and utilize the, what they're interested in and what they're passionate about to help get the most out of them. Nice. Awesome. I like that a lot. Like we have to actually understand how they work. Right. So again, going back to what you said in the beginning, we have to have empathy for the users as well as the stakeholders. So if we want to involve them more in the design process, we probably need to gain the empathy on like what they, what they expect from us and right. how we can actually right um, <laughs> involve them based on what their needs are. Um, and I think that would probably, I imagine that would probably get them want to want to be more involved in this because I, I can imagine some stakeholders are going to say like, I don't have time to do that kind of stuff. Right. I, right. I'm running the business. I don't have time to do this huge workshop or a design sprint or anything like that. Um, but I think maybe if you, right, if you start like small and right. work with them and kind of, um, like how would you actually, how would you want to teach somebody like the role of design? Cause it sounded like what you were saying, like in, involved a lot of those stakeholders actually doing design like and how so right. how do you how would you recommend teaching them that role as well well i mean in order to get people to show up first i would at least provide food or candy because that seems to <laughs> motivate people to, to, to spend a little more time no i i think that you know one of the things that i've learned is that passion is really contagious right so if you're passionate about a problem and and you can figure out kind of you know, every stakeholder has a slightly different version of what the product should be and the problem that it should solve and who it should solve it for. So you've got to kind of spend time, talk to them, understand what those are so that you can leverage that and make sure that people don't get hung up on things like fonts and, and just, you know, things that tend to get in the way and, and figure out how to make it interactive and engaging, but also a way that they feel like they get value out of it. So you know, certain places I've worked, they're like, you know, not everybody's a designer. We don't want to teach them design tools. We just want to get information from them and go off and design. But I think it's hard for them to really feel a part of the process if that's the way we treat them. So it really is about like letting them into the design process, letting them feel a sense of ownership over the product and creating the product and making it better. Same thing with customers. Customers love to be part of like feeling like they're having input into making this product better. So the more ownership that's shared, the more likely people are to be invested in, in creating that. And they start to see like, hey, you know what? I'm not a designer. Like you're going to make me sketch and my sketches are going to be terrible. And it's like, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. And I don't want you to really sketch things out. I want you to convey to me in a way that, under that I understand 
of the problem that we're trying to solve. And for us, it's a little bit easier as designers to be visual. But, you know, if if it makes sense for a stakeholder to write it in words or draw stick figures, like, that's great. We want them engaged. And however, you know, whatever level of comfort of that engagement, that's that's fine for us. It's better to get something from them than nothing. And we just have to understand, you know, they're, they are important people. So are we. And, you know, they have to understand the value, again, that we're providing so that they make the time to sit with us to, to work through these problems. Awesome. Perfect. So, yeah, that sounds um, definitely sounds like we need to, again, have that empathy for them and show them that to allow them so we can know what they need. Right. And um, definitely involving them is huge. So I, I like that answer a lot. Um, have, have there been any like um, experiences that you have had where you have had to influence a stakeholder on a specific design, maybe um, like show them like the importance of, or like the, the give them more empathy of a user. Has that something, has that been something that you've had to experience personally? Yeah. I, you know, we're, we're trying to build something now to help people understand. So at Polaris, we we're a power sports company. So we make off-road vehicles, motorcycles, snowmobiles, a lot, of, a lot of cool vehicles. And what we've learned is the the new customer to to Polaris doesn't really understand like what they want to build, like what they want to ride. So, if I want a, a motorcycle, I don't know the difference between you know sixty eight horsepower and seventy two horsepower or or whatever it is. Like, what is that really? What's the difference? And we have a way to help choose vehicles that's like a filter, and it it's it's really like very basic filter and it, it it solves a need for people that understand the technical specs of our vehicles but for that new user it doesn't really help them understand it and the analytics on it are good i mean sometimes quantitative isn't enough you have to get that qualitative data but we also have to understand that users are used to like shitty experiences right so there are times when they'll figure out how to get what they're looking for but it might be painful for them, but they're willing to do that because they know they've come to the site for a reason. So as designers, we have to push, like, how do we make this easier for them? How do we make this better? How do we make this more valuable for them? And sometimes, you know, our stakeholders are like, no, that's good enough. Like we can help them narrow down between like five technical specs and and pick a vehicle. So what we've had to do is, you know, convince the business people first, like, hey, what do you think about this? If and they're like into like new shiny things, bells and whistles. Like, can we make this conversational? Yes, but do we want to talk to it? Probably not. So it starts with like a concept that we put in front of people. And once we get buy-in, like, yes, this is better than what we have today. I want that. Then we say, okay, I think it's better too, but we don't know until we put it in front of users. Let's put this concept in front of users. Once the users love it and the business loved it, then the technology team that has to build it is going to be like, well, you know, business thinks it's great. Um, the customer thinks it's great. Like, I want to be part of building this this great next thing. Sometimes they might say, you know what, we really just add two more filters. That's MVP and it's out the door. And, and the challenge for designers and, you know, uh, Maria Guidis from Autodesk, she was the first person I heard talk about not MVP, not minimum viable product, but MLE. What is the minimum lovable experience? So it's it's about educating people on like, let's not just put out what's good enough. Let's put out something that's delightful. It doesn't have to be like, you know, 
version four. We've got to learn to get there and iterate along the way. But let's make sure we put out something that's not going to turn people off from using it ever again. And we're in the process now of like we're collecting user feedback on what we think is going to be awesome. We hope it is. So far, feedback's been positive. The business has bought in. Most of our stakeholders have bought in. So once things start to get, you know, when you win, like I, I remember this song by Soul Asylum and, and the, the lyrics were, uh, everybody loves a winner, but when you lose, you lose alone. So, you know, when, when you've got, when you're building momentum, when you're gaining momentum, like that's the best time. That's when you're gaining influence. That's when you're getting buy-in. That's when you're proving your value. And you do that small and it starts to snowball. So by getting people, the, the organization excited about this new feature that you're working on, you know, everybody else is going to get on board. They're not going to want to be the one that's like, well, you know what, we shouldn't build this when everybody else wants to. They don't want to be that person that's going to drop the ball. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's great. And I, I think that speaks a lot to that, that passion that you mentioned earlier. Like as, as a designer, if you show the passion and you, you know, give a reason to be passionate about something, others will be as well. Um, right. And that's going to lead to building a great product and one that's going to have a, you know, a good experience as opposed to that minimum viable product. Right. right. Um, it's one that's more, um, more enjoyable. So I like that a lot. That sounds really cool. It's funny. We haven't like, really talked about how to influence people but at the same time you know it's it's passion it's working together it's understanding like needs and and desired outcomes and and those are things that build influence right away like that's how you're going to influence your team by again by doing the work and and doing the legwork and and putting in the time and and grinding it out and then you know that's just they see you're invested and, and they're bought in and, and that really is like how you just, it's, it's about like making friends and, and eventually that leads to like proving your value, showing results, and then people have bought in. That, that's the influence. And at the same time, it's, you know, on the user side, you've got to show your users you're committed to them. Uh, another thing I heard recently, probably uh, end of last year, was about you've got to love your users. You, you can't just satisfy them. When you love someone, when you're truly in love, you want to continue to make things better for people, to surprise them, to delight them. And if you can, it's it's one, it's our number one UX principle as a team here is is love your users, because you've in order to to build a long term relationship with them, you've got to show them that you really do care about them, and you're going to continue to build products that that delight them and and help them throughout whatever they're trying to do. That's really interesting. And so how do your designers build that love for the users? It's spending time with them. It's it's really understanding their their behaviors and, and how they think and, and co-creating with them and having them involved in our design process and letting them see what's coming and, and be a big, you know, we, we take their feedback into consideration. We are quick to respond to them, especially the ones that aren't happy. Those are the people that, you know, when someone is against what you're doing, you can turn them into your biggest advocate by just showing them that you're listening. And our designers are, are like, they're so focused on, on making sure that the users are as satisfied as our business partners. And it just, it really helps us prove that, that we belong here and that it's shifted the, cust, you know, the, the organizational thinking to how do we go take a customer first approach on things? 
because they see the value that they get when we are building this relationship with our users. Awesome. And uh, uh, this is kind of a reach, but I almost feel like you could do turn around the same thing and do that to your stakeholders, right? Right, like exactly. You can, you can love your stakeholders <laughs> and um, show that, like build that relationship with them. Because of course we have to build, because they're like um, the people we have to build for as well too, right? So Exactly. It's almost we have to do the same thing. I think that influence probably comes from that same source as well. Like as we show um, how engaged we are, we show how we're listening and building for them. Just as you mentioned, um, that they're gonna they're gonna gain that trust, and you're gonna have that that loving relationship with your stakeholders. Right. And and like any other relationship, there are there are rough patches, right? There are times when you have to have uncomfortable conversations and serious conversations and you might disagree and you're going to have stakeholders that you might argue with but you have to understand the intent is to build a better product and not take that personally and at the same time with your users you're going to have users that want this big custom feature and then you realize they're the only ones that wanted that and you have to explain to them like i know that you want this and i would love to build that for you but i can't prioritize that because you know, 75 other groups of our customers are all aligned on this one type of solution. We have to build that first. And maybe we can make that work for you and, and work with you to, to use this to, to solve your problem. But, you know, we'll continue to, to fight for you, but we can't customize every feature based on our relationship that we have. Yeah, love has compromise, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So that's... <laughs> That's all the questions that I have, Patrick. Do you have any other questions? Um, no, I think I think you covered. I've just been uh, chilling and listening to you guys. This is great stuff. <laughs> nice, awesome. And, and Andy, did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, I mean I think that just as designers, really like love your user, love your stakeholder. You know, focus on prob solving problems. The problem space is important. Think beyond ROI. Really understand the space. And the ROI and how you're going to measure your results, your KPIs, that will all come forward through the process and just continue to strive to put out a, a great product, something that you're proud of, your team is proud of, your customers are proud of. And as long as it's well-crafted, it'll help you sleep better at night for sure. Hey, Andy. Hey, Patrick. That was a great uh, conversation with Andy. I agree with you. Yeah. The Andy-Andy interview was really nice. That was yeah. good. Yeah, we wanted that yeah. duality. Yeah, the duality. <laughs> uh, if you're out there listening to us, you like the interview, if uh, you want to continue that conversation, go to the newdesignmuch.org and leave a comment. Um, we're getting some traffic on there, Andy. We launched it last week. Yeah. We're getting some traffic. We are getting some traffic. Yeah. It's exciting. It's nice. we got some likes. People are liking the things in yeah. there. Yeah. Um, this is going to be good. If you think this topic would benefit another designer or even your design team, feel free to share it and get them involved in the conversation uh, as well. So, Andy, your interview with Andy, what did you learn? I learned a lot. Um, there's a lot of great stuff in there about influencing stakeholders. Of course, the topic, influencing stakeholders. Um, some key things that I took away from that is like when, when you're starting a project, it's also good to do stakeholder interviews. Mm -hmm. um, you can map out the business needs and kind of their understanding of the problems to solve um, and also their understanding of user pain points. 
Um, something really interesting that he said is you can do that and get that information, which is really important on how to proceed a project. But after you do your user research, your user testing, you can even take that back to the stakeholders and say, well, here's the data you had before, and I'm going to compare it to the data we have now, and we can fill in those those knowledge gaps. Um, yeah. So that, that's a really good way for them to to know what is really happening, as opposed to them just making assumptions based on their experience. Um, so I really liked um, that aspect of it as well. And something important that he mentioned is um, show more than tell. So show, don't tell when you're um, communicating ideas to stakeholders. Um, don't just like talk to them about complex problems. Actually show them like a rough visualization um, to better communicate your ideas. And it shows that you understand the problem more than the end result. Mm-hmm. Which is really important. Yeah. Well, they can see the de- they can see the decisions made, right? Yeah. And not just the outcome. Exactly. I think we get used to just presenting an outcome, and it's like, hey, what do you think of this? But without all the story behind it. Yeah. And, stuff. and something he also mentioned in that that piece as well is like the rougher the idea that you're showing them, like the rougher the sketch or the wireframe, um, the more you're able to create together. So you can like have here's the problem. Let's like work on this together so I can help solve for the user needs and you know you as a designer being the advocate for the user and them um, solving for the business needs so you can help have that decision, you know, made together. So that's mm-hmm. that's that's huge, I think. Yeah, that's a big one. I think too, we mentioned that that goes into one of the things I had jotted down was um, <clears throat> getting them involved in the process uh, helps helps you to understand their the their point of view and what they're coming and how they how they perceive the problem that you're working on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it also uh, allows you to facilitate it, right? So um, you're the designer; you should facilitate it. Like I think you brought up uh, like. A lot of people don't want to, you know, do post-it note exercises and all these different things. <laughs> um, and he's, he said that, but you're, as the designer, you're the facilitator because you're trying to get the information from them and pass it on and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really good. Um, yeah, going along with what you said about the stakeholder interviews, this is something that kind of struck me is we spend a lot of time trying to discover empathy with our users, but we rarely discover empathy with our stakeholders, yeah. right? We don't look at We don't look at the problems the same way like the same way they do, obviously, but we don't actually ever try to discover how they look at their, like what their worldview is Mm -hmm. uh, with the problems that we're trying to solve. So um, yeah, a lot of, I mean, basic user research, just even with our stakeholders, right. To, to develop that empathy and understand where they're coming from. Um, And that leads to finding out what the stakeholders are actually interested in and, uh, and and then discover their needs from there. And then, that's just going to allow you to, just like we do with our users, allow us to communicate better with each other um, and facilitate that stuff. The, the the big one, though, I think the the big takeaway from this whole entire interview for me was um, if, you know, when you're working with stakeholders and getting them involved and uh, that kind of thing is probably food and candy. <laughs> it seems like everybody likes food and candy. They'll be more, yeah. he, he talked about being more uh, interested and being, being present in, like, when you do these design exercises or anything like that. And... Um, yeah, I've found that food and candy works for a lot of people too. It gets me motivated yeah. to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it gets you motivated to at least come to the meeting, that's, right? That's how you got me in this room, right? <laughs> this pizza. Yeah. I, I every I basically if you don't know, we'll have to take a picture of it. I have a I have a fishing rod with a string on it and I drag it past Andy's desk with a uh, with a LaCroix hanging on the yeah, end of it exactly. and he just gets up and follows it. It's like, oh, is that a coconut flavor? <laughs> yeah, coconut? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah 
So I, I thought it was overall it was a great interview. I learned a lot. I think this one actually does complement the 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 podcast we did with Nick with uh, Neil mm-hmm. um, with the developers because developers are stakeholders just like any other stakeholder in our company. Yeah. And so I think those two podcasts together like kind of kind of can illustrate how we can work with our developers a lot better from that's true a stakeholder and standpoint to a relationship standpoint. Exactly, right? and that's so huge. And like something again, like just reiterating what you're saying, like that's so big is. We're always worried about the users. We're advocates for the users. But sometimes we forget that we need to be advocates for stakeholders. So like, mm-hmm. we need to be that bridge that's going to solve these business needs problems that we get from the stakeholders as well as the users. And when we get like the good, a good convergence of those two, like a solution for those problems, that's how we also get the influence of the developers too. Because like mm-hmm. they say, like, and he mentioned this in the episode as well. He's like, you know, once they see we have great business needs that we're fitting for, great user needs, they're going to be excited to build this and they're yeah. going to want to do it. Yeah. So that's, that's huge. Like, pumped up. So it, really that's involved. a way for us to get everybody happy and that's the point, right? Building. Yeah. Designers not only design, we have to make sure everybody's happy. That's what we do. Like, like my granny used to say when we played <laughs> cards, she just wanted everybody to be happy. I just want everybody to be happy. You guys play cards. Even though we're like arguing. <laughs> but there's only Everybody one. can be happy. Come on, we're playing a game. Everybody can be happy. There's only one winner though. I know. That's the, That's the problem that she never understood. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should just be happy that you're sitting down at the table with me playing cards. Not that you're going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all. Everybody can be happy. We used to play this game called Oh Hell. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's got I'm many not, names. No. Wow. But you take you you basically at the beginning everybody gets the the cards dealt out to them and then you look at it the basically the way you play is you try to take each round you try to take the cards that are everybody plays okay and you you take the hand right you win the hand and so before you even play the game you get your cards and then you tell you predict how many hands you're gonna take so if there's four people playing there's only four hands available. Mm-hmm. And what uh, we would do sometimes is just just to be jerks, we would say, hey, I'm going to take three. And then the other three people at the table are like, whoa, what kind of cards does he have that he thinks he can take three, <laughs> even though I was lying? And then Granny would be, come on, have an accurate prediction so we can all be happy. <laughs> <laughs> she was the designer. She just yeah, wants the yeah. family to be together, happy. to have fun. She's just solving the problem with boredom, right? Yeah, yeah. See, she was a she was the original user experience designer. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Um, yeah, and if you're if you have any other uh, stakeholder tips or anything like that, yeah, leave us a comment on the website or whatever, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. I guess yeah. I don't know how to end it, but be, be safe out there, folks. Yeah, be safe. <laughs> Look both ways before you cross the street. Uh, don't don't don't. You go. You go. You go. I was going to say, don't text and drive. That's a good one. Yeah. I was going to say, don't run with scissors. Yeah. Don't run with scissors. Don't text and drive. Don't use your, don't, don't check Instagram in the bathroom, in a public restroom. Definitely.